this is Michelle Schoenfeld, and you're listening to You Lost Me at Namaste. On today's episode, I am going to share with you an interview that I did recently on the brand new Limitless Healing podcast with Colette Brown. It is really a phenomenal new show to hit the airwaves, and I encourage all of you who are interested in the wellness journey and healing tips and tools to tune in to her brand new podcast. So today I'm going to share with you my story that I did for her from the little hippie kid who ended up in big pharma to a wellness expert teaching and living around the world. I haven't shared my story on this show since season one in entirety, and I guess nothing is ever (laughs) in entirety, but I hope you enjoy this interview. So sit back and listen. My next guest through her own personal journey of surviving stage three breast cancer, a debilitating bike accident, a toxic relationship, and other keystone experiences in her life found a way through. She has navigated her way to health and she used adversity to give her perspective and insight to mind, body, soul, loving mother of two, podcast host of a worldwide listen to podcast. You lost me at Namaste, a cultural liaison in the country of Turkey, Reiki healer, believer in manifesting through intention, a bright shining light in the world. Welcome Michelle Schoenfeld. Thank you, Colette. It is such a pleasure to be on your show. (laughs) I am so happy to have you here with us today and sharing your story and Real quick backstory. Um, we met during COVID. I found your podcast, You Lost Me at Namaste, and we began to communicate. And I think it was also my daughter. I posted a video of her making a face mask out of um, using rubber bands and material. And you saw that and you said, I think this is something that we can do in Turkey because you were quarantining there at the time. Yes, they so I went there to teach a retreat um for a well-being center and about 2 weeks after being there into my 6-week stay the country closed down, complete lockdown. Like I know here in the US there was a lockdown, but in Turkey they meant business. You couldn't travel between the provinces, all the airports were closed, which also meant that it was really hard with the supply chain. We just simply couldn't get masks. Yeah, that was that was amazing. So through the COVID, I met you and I'm I'm so forever thankful for that. Um, and I really want to kind of um, take a dive into you and share your story. But I first want to just get a little insight into the very beginning when you're a little girl. Um, what, who were you? What, what did that look like? What was your childhood kind of like? Well, that's interesting. Um, I was a little hippie ragamuffin, like (laughs) literally think about the pippy long stocking, right? My clothes didn't match. My hair was a mess. I was like always in trouble for coming home late and I'd come home with like, you know, a stray pet or, you know, something slimy in my pocket or something like that. I was definitely a little wild child. Um, but I had a very, like the dichotomy of my background. So my dad, is big corporate world, big pharma, Republican presidential task force. And the only reason that's relevant is he was really mainstream church elder. I was raised with my mom, who was a hippie, a poet, a free thinker. And we lived on a commune when I was really little. 
So I was all about um, just really like love and exploring boundaries and, you know, just this very kind of alternative lifestyle from a young age. But then as I got older, I wanted that mainstream so bad, so mm. bad. I didn't want like, you know, the natural wheat berry bread with alfalfa sprouts. I wanted Wonder <laughs> Bread with Velveeta cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. Wow. I, did, I didn't know that about you. I like that backstory. <laughs> um, so then you do, you flip into that. You go through college and you take your first big pharmaceutical sales job. And, um, you get into big pharma and, um, and I know that your, your insights are fascinating to me, um, about how you tie in big pharma being necessary. However, you notice the placebo effect. So tell me about when that kind of became an epiphany for you and, um, and, and yeah, just tell us what that looks like. Yeah. So it's always been like a push pull my whole life. Um, I actually started in school in geography and wanted to work for National Geographic and work on primate city syndrome in third world countries, right? Mm. Then I realized there wasn't money in it. And to be honest, money was important. I was excited to have this big life. And that's when I went into pharmaceutical sales. And I got my first job at 21, making an amazing amount of money, company car, all the like glory that that position used to hold years ago and did that for 10 years. And I don't want to say I necessarily that I drank the Kool-Aid because I always was aware of the downside and the harm that can also be done when it comes to money, anytime money is involved in medicine. But I kind of did drink the Kool-Aid, right? I had some really great products and I was all about it. I was all about this mainstream healing. You have a sniffle here, here's an antibiotic, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I know that's not really you know the case. But um, so I did that. And for a little over 10 years, um, I was married to a physician, got out, raised my kids for a couple of years, and then started a medical spa and did that for 13 years. While I was doing that is when I was diagnosed with my stage three breast cancer. And although I've been healthy, I'd been a vegan and a vegetarian off and on throughout my life. I really tried to eat low processed food, not a big drinker, never a smoker. Um, I still, you know, wasn't perfect by any means, by any means. And then I find myself with cancer and not just like little bits, like everywhere. It had metastasized into my healthy tissues and the chemo was um, debilitating. It was about two years, you know, bald, skinny, frail, all the things we see in the movies or we've seen our friends or loved ones go through happened to me. I was um, allergic to one of the pain medications and that to be honest, is probably what kind of kickstarted this um, alternative health Mm. because I was in so much pain and I had already worked with a hypnotherapist. I'd already worked with the well-being specialist to kind of help me through some trauma that I'd been going through with the end of my marriage. And I remembered that she always would put her cancer patients first. And so I started working with her once I had cancer. And that's where I really learned about the mind-body ability to heal. And so I'm sorry, I digressed. We talked about the placebo effect, right? In pharmaceuticals, we're always selling our drug against the placebo. So our minds, you know, a double blind placebo base, just if anybody isn't exactly sure, the reason it's double blind means that the person giving the medication to the patients doesn't know what they're giving either. So there's a two-step process. So there's no chance that anybody who's administering the medication can influence by body language, facial expressions, anything 
if the sick person is really getting the necessary medicine or if they're getting a sugar pill or injection or whatever. So often we see it six, 7%, 10%, but we can also see it 20%, up to 40% sometimes of people get better just because they think they're getting medicine. Mm. So I was always aware of that. And then I started doing like deep meditations, like looking into everything I could find. I was a thirsty sponge of what else can we do with our brain to make ourselves better, to heal. And that was really what, if I hope I answered your question, but that's what started for me. was like, how can I heal myself? I wasn't ready to give up modern medicine because the cancer was really bad. And I had two children and I figured it wasn't just my life I was playing with, right? It was the mother role mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But I was put in heart failure at one point and had to stop treatment. And I did everything I could to, to heal myself through diet and through the power of the mind. That's amazing. So um, at one point then um, with the placebo, thank you for explaining that because I think that um, a lot of healing does come from mindset and a lot of sickness also comes from mindset. Absolutely. Um, so when we acknowledge that, and we acknowledge that through science, we do know that the placebo is effective and therefore alternative treatments can be part of the equation. And it's about wielding the mind and, um, getting everything on board. And it's not one directional as we know. So you get cancer. Are you still married at that time? I got cancer. So in where I in the United States, you have to be physically separated for a year before you can file for divorce. Um, it already been rocky for a couple of years. It'd been tough. Four months into that year separation is when I was diagnosed. So I was also raising two teenagers, living by myself and going through this really like horrific treatment. Um, I was really sick. And I will say like, thank goodness for my tribe of friends. My family's amazing as well, but I live in an area where I don't have a lot of family or any family, to be honest. Um, and my friends were everything. My community was everything. People I didn't even know on Facebook. I started this um, blog called Bittersweet, and people from around the world would reach out to me. And I'm telling you, if you're hearing this and you're and you come across somebody who you think maybe could use a positive note, send it to them. You're never wrong. I can't mm-hmm. tell you. You know, it's a brutal disease, and being in the middle of the night, sometimes not sleeping, and I'd get these really happy messages, and it made me mm-hmm. so happy. Yeah. Um, Cause it was hard. It was hard to separate that toxic environment that I was in. Right. 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 It's, it's really hard to heal that made you sick and there's no sick situation. So it was just, it was really difficult to keep myself in a positive mindset, which is so important to healing when I was also dealing with this, like uncoupling from a toxic situation and not doing well with the medication. So it was like, I knew it was all about my mind. I knew that trying to be positive, doing meditations, like focusing on all the things that were good around me instead of all the things that weren't made all the difference in the world for me. And people reaching out, like I said, on Facebook or reaching out sending a text. So often I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I definitely did not want to be part of that club. No pink tutus, no bras on the outside of our clothes, wearing feathers, like no three-day marches. That was not my jam, which is really funny as I'm wearing pink today. Um, but I just wasn't in that mindset. 
you know, but I love the messages and I really do believe in the power of positivity for sure. Um, which sounds really basic, but it actually can be that basic if we can get out of our own way. Absolutely. So you're, you're four months out of being separated. You get diagnosed, you're going through this kind of alone, but you have your tribe, your community around you. And, um, what do you think was the most inspiring thing at that time? Um, I know you mentioned like the little notes, but what was that little thread that you held on to that you started seeing? Okay. I see my path to recovery and what that's going to look like. I will be honest with you. It was a tough place. It was a really rough place. And I wouldn't want anybody to think they need to get here to find that light because there's so many people out there who can help you find the light if you're not feeling it inside, but I wasn't feeling it inside. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was round two of chemo. Um, I'm five, nine, maybe 125, 130 pounds. I was down to 111 pounds ish (laughs) skin and bones, bald, you know, double port in my chest, no energy. And so much pain. And, um, the second round, I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision, but I took a lot of, um, you know, pain pills and wasn't eating and, um, woke up on the floor of my bathroom and wanted to not be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And I felt like nobody would blame me if I threw in the towel with everything I'd been through and with how bad it was. And at this point they weren't giving me necessarily a positive prognosis. They weren't sure yet. And I was just like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I just can't. Like, I just felt like my whole world was falling apart. And something happened where I just was like, you know, I had this kind of like outer body experience. So they call it near death experience. I remember every single thing that happened. It was amazing. It was love. It was joy. It was meeting like my, this might be out there for some of the listeners, but like spirit guides or God divine, whatever you're comfortable with. I had this moment. And it was like, wait, I want to live. Like Mm -hmm. I want to live. And I was like, life is not so bad. I am born in a great country. I, other than this, I'm decently healthy. I'm safe. I have a roof over my head. Like I have people who love me. Like, wait a minute. I, no way. I love life. I don't want to give up and start all over. (laughs) Like, I need to figure out a way, like, to be honest, like I felt like a dumbass and excuse my language because it was like, how could I, how could I have gotten so low that, and it was really mm. because I didn't love myself. I didn't even know about self-love. I didn't know about self-worth. I was in such a low place and I didn't have that self-love and something just clicked and I started finding self-love and I didn't even know what it meant at the time. I just knew there was more. And so I started just looking at you know, uh, my favorite Rumi quote is I'm not this hair. I'm not this skin. I'm the soul that lives within. Mm. Um, I'd always been, to be honest, kind of a pretty blonde, really big, long, thick blonde hair. It didn't define me, but I didn't realize how much I identified with being the way I looked. And then all of a sudden I looked nothing like it. I looked like Gollum, like, you know, gray skin and no hair and, um, no sparkle in my eyes. And I found that sparkle again. I found Mm -hmm. that sparkle. And it was really just like, life is beautiful. The world is beautiful. People are kind. Like we are born to be happy. We are born for love. And we learn not to have those feelings by somebody teasing us in school, by, 
maybe a parent or a caregiver who talks down to us. You should be seen and not heard or whatever it is. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not. Mm -hmm. And we learn not to love, right? Little kids will play with anybody anytime. Mm -hmm. So it was finding that like, wow. Oh my gosh. I love everybody. I love everything. I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning. I'd wake up just to see the sunrise because sometimes the sky would be this gorgeous pink or orange. And I just, it was so fresh. I felt literally reborn. I felt reborn, but I had to get to pretty freaking low to find it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't um, out of the woods. Like and then it was still another year, year and a half, you know, a year and a half but, before you got the, um, notice that you were no longer with cancer, you're cancer free. Yeah. Basically it was like the divorce took forever. The treatment took forever. I was in a clinical trial after that got put into heart failure. Like the universe was testing me. There were a lot of things. The universe was testing me difficult relationships with one of my children that all again, stemmed from me not feeling good about myself. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of repair work that had to be done. And I wasn't actually in remission, um, for five years. And so often I would say, oh, I'm not in remission yet. Or I look this way. My hair is thin because I had cancer or, you know, oh, I look this way because I got thrown into menopause at like 40, you know, so I look older. Like I always had these things that were associated to my cancer Hmm. and it took me a long time to let that go, to be like, that's not my story. No, 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 no. Like we don't need to talk about those things. Yeah. Yeah. I find you and you probably do as well, but those that have had to fill the depths of their soul and the darkness. And when you touch the darkness, there's something that almost can ignite from within that you were experiencing and saying, and it gives you a new perspective saying, I don't want to be there. I want to be here. I want to live. I want to be present. And one of the things that I love about you, I I just, by the way, if you've never heard of Michelle's podcast, you lost me at Namaste, go binge it. Um, it feels like you're sitting down <laughs> having a, a cup of coffee with Michelle. Um, the guests are amazing, but one of the things that, um, I heard you say was you're a yes girl, like you're a yes to happiness and to love. And when did, when did that little, um, epiphany or that little mindset, when did that kick in and just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So one, like we all have struggles, you know, I'm in wellness now. I've been doing it for quite a while. I work with private clients myself and a lot of times you can help somebody else, but helping yourself can be the hardest thing, Mm -hmm. right? It can be the hardest thing. And so for me, I realized one of my problems are, is I can get stuck in a loop. I can get stuck in a loop of negativity of like when something doesn't go right, then the, uh, then this doesn't, it's a law of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. You think of one negative thing, another negative thing comes or limiting belief. And so I was like, okay, anytime I learned a trick to like break that cycle, because really, as soon as you break the cycle, uh, Abraham Hicks says you break it for 17 seconds and you're good to go, but you got to break it for that 17 seconds and give your brain a break. And so, yeah, that one of my favorite things is when I catch myself in that negative loop of either like the to-do list, which is a problem, right? Low vibrating, like, you know, oh, I forgot to call the insurance agency and oh, shoot, I wonder if my rates went up. Oh, it's gonna be so expensive. My car, and you start thinking of all these problems, whatever your issues are. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, ah, like, you know, stop, 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 stop. Is yeah, it's a yes. I tell your listeners, give this a try. You will notice, you'll make yourself smile. 
And at first it feels kind of silly. You're like, okay, I'm a yes to love. I'm a yes to joy. I'm a yes to happiness. Basic, right? But if you just let yourself like riff and whatever comes to mind, no matter how silly it is, say it. Like I'm a, a yes to joy, a yes to spring days, a yes to feeling sexy, a yes to like, I don't know, feeling thin, a yes to being happy. Like anything that comes, a yes to pretty little kitty cats, you know, <laughs> a yes to summer days, whatever it is, it doesn't matter anything that comes to your mind that feels good. Mm-hmm. You will start to smile and stand straighter or sit straighter or like start looking around the room at things. And that cycle is broken. Mm-hmm. So I do use that all the time. And even if it's something like, okay, I want to be doing more retreats in the Mediterranean and being paid more for it. So I'm a yes to doing more retreats in the Mediterranean. I'm a yes to being paid more. I'm a yes to knowing my value and demanding that I'm paid my value. I'm a yes to helping people around the world. I'm a yes to adding benefits. I'm a yes to whoever comes in contact with me feeling better when they left, like whatever it is, anything that's positive, that's towards what you want in life. It just, it comes, it makes such a difference. It will make you smile. And all those things are good, right? Because we have more than serotonin. It makes me feel (laughs) happy right near, right now. It's it's, it's elevating right now. Just imagining. Um, And then, so you're, you're recovering and you're getting better and then you get into a little bike accident. And, um, and so I know right before there, you were supposed to be going somewhere else that you were a little conflicted about Uh and through that tragedy, it actually turned around. So share, share. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, what we focus on expands. So it's not a reward. It's not a punishment. You think of good things that you want. Good things come. You think of negative things, you know, things can happen. Like whatever. How many times have maybe you thought, oh, I really hope that that doesn't happen. And then you forget about it. And then whatever that happens, right? So you send like these little rockets, you launch these little rockets of thought. And I felt like, okay, things are going pretty well. I'm teaching these retreats, you know, in Turkey. I'm really happy. I have all these things kind of going in the direction I'd like to go. Cause I was kind of recreating myself in my late forties, which was daunting, and then this trip popped up. There was a trip with some people um, to New Orleans and I had a lot of, the people were wonderful, nothing about that, but I had a lot of this anxiety about it. And something was telling me that it just wasn't right. But at the same time, I desperately wanted to be there. I was supposed to be there. I helped plan it. And there was just all these conflicting thoughts in my mind. Now, this might sound like not that big of a deal, but how many times have you been invited to like, you know, a girl's trip or a destination party or even dinner out on a Saturday. And it sounds good at the time, but then when it comes, you're like, Oh, I really don't want to go. Right. I really don't want to go, but out of obligation, you do it. Mm -hmm. There's usually a reason we feel that way. It's energy, right? We just, Mm -hmm. you're picking up on the energy. So for me, I'd had this conflicting going back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, no, I'm gonna go. Oh, well, sure enough, like three weeks before I was supposed to go, I was riding a bike, a pedal bike, like a DC you know, bike that you rent coming down the hill in front of the Capitol, going really fast on constitution Avenue during cherry blossom festival, my belt bag, which has never happened before came off, went into the spokes. I went flying through the air and landed face first in the middle of constitution Avenue during a green light and Mm -hmm. had 
facial fractures. My four front teeth were damaged. I broke my arm in two places. I stitches in my elbow, leg, so much trauma. And for me thinking, being a big believer in what we create and how we think and law of attraction and like trusting the universe, it was like, okay, well, certainly I didn't create this. Like, certainly I didn't ask for this kind of accident, but what is the universe trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. It was hard. It was like everything I know and everything I felt was like, okay, I'm not saying that all bad things happen for a reason. Although, you know, that's a whole other podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> it was all of a sudden now I couldn't go on the trip. Now I didn't have the choice. I had been putting so much kind of negative energy towards this thing that I said I wanted to do, but the truth is energy doesn't lie. Energy is currency. So my mouth is moving and saying, I want to do this. And yes, I'm doing this, but my energy, my Mm -hmm. inside thoughts are saying the exact opposite. Well, sure enough, all of a sudden I didn't have the option to go. I wasn't allowed to fly. I had multiple surgeries in my mouth, but not only that, the week after that trip, I was supposed to be going back to Turkey to teach a big retreat. And I had to change that as well. And it was like, okay, let's breathe, girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's breathe. You know? Um, Yeah, that was a lot. And it was almost two years of multiple treatments to my mouth. I still have like some issues. Um, And yeah, let's have no more of those. (laughs) Yeah, right. No more conflicting energy. Go with your gut. It doesn't doesn't lie. (laughs) Gut doesn't lie. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it just like the whole... um, quantum physics and there, there is, it's real and we can manifest and the universe will respond in ways that we never imagine good and bad. Right. It's so true. I had so much contrast, you know, I was just with this situation is that it was a trip I'd been on before. I was really excited. I helped plan it. That's one. Then all of a sudden there was a mistake. They thought I couldn't come. I was going to be in Turkey. My spot's given away. I'm pissed. Instead of thinking, well, maybe mm. I really shouldn't be going. I'm supposed to be going to Turkey anyway. Like maybe this, like the universe is doing me a favor. I dug in all of a sudden. I was that like bratty little middle school kid digging in. It's like, no, this is, I'm supposed to be here. You can't give away my spot. Dug in, got my spot back. Then I was like, oh, then something happened. I went back and forth and back and forth until all of a sudden the universe is like, you're not learning your lesson or higher self, true self, right? I really do believe in go with your gut. I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. paying attention. It's so important that we pay attention. Right. And until we do, we keep getting lessons. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say like, I've had a lot of lessons in my life, a lot yeah. of tragedy, a lot of difficult. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything because yeah. I love every experience, even if I don't love it at the time, because it's given so much wisdom and empathy. And I do believe that we are having experiences in human form and like how wonderful it is to be able to live and breathe and have these experiences. Of course, I'd like to have more great ones, mm-hmm. you know, it's getting better and better though. If you, if I look back at my life, right. I don't know if you've done like inner child work on your show yet, but it's a wonderful thing when you look at your inner child and your yourself sitting across from you in a chair and it's like, girl, you made it, you know, mm-hmm. you want to just like hug her or hug him whatever, and just be like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. There's going to be tough times, but you're going to make it <laughs> like, just chill. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, it's, it's, um, that's a beautiful analogy to give people who might not have even opened their minds to the possibility of 
of, you know, that this could happen because I did manifest it in a different way. And, um, so it's just a different perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and then your life led you, there's a very strong connection to Turkey and that has really, since we even met, it's unfolded um, to where you're, you're really involved. You created, uh, you did a TV series, um, going around Turkey and now, um, you're dealing with the, um, the minister of travel and culture, tourism and culture. Yes, exactly. They just funded my project. Um, and it's going to be 32 different cities and cultural architectural sites in Turkey with design to bring awareness um, of just really how beautiful and diverse the country is to the American market. And I'm just thrilled because I'm telling you before I went there, I thought there was camels. I thought there was a desert, you know, and I have a degree in geography. I still was not aware of how beautiful this country is. First of all, there's no desert and no camels. (laughs) There's mountains and palm trees and mandarins come from there and olives, of course, but it's just such a kind culture. And there's so much history there. Oh my gosh. There's the Lycian tombs date back 15,000 years. Um, not to mention it's like Ephesus and Virgin Mary's house and Troy. Like there's so many things that we're aware of that are there as well, but there's a lot of things we don't know. And I just feel like it is magic. I feel like the sea is healing. The food is so healthy. There's no GMO, no soy, (laughs) (laughs) which is something for you. I'm going to give a shout out. That's not what we're talking about today, but I know you do your food groups Mm -hmm. and I, every time I come back from Turkey, I always gain a little bit of weight and it's very frustrating for me because I'm healthy, right? I'm pretty much an alkaline vegan and it's the soy. And you said something about cutting out the grains and the soy and some other stuff, but I had not thought about soy. And the minute I cut out soy, well, not the minute, but within a few weeks, I noticed a huge difference. So I want to give you a shout out for that. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All kinds of wisdom and food. And I think that Turkey, wow, like the wisdom that they have, um, they might not understand why they're mixing the ingredients that they are in the seasonings, but they're all, they all play together and they nourish the body. And, um, that's why I'm super excited to go, um, to experience not just the history and the beauty, but also the food. Um, and there was a really fun story that you said. So back in the day, the um, families would give their sons the farmland and they would give the girls the oceanfront, which was worthless. And so, right. Oh my God. It's great. Yeah. So I live in a little village on the sea and um, in Bodrum, very Mm -hmm. high end, kind of like St. Bart's. And you see these like older village ladies who you think, oh my gosh, they're so poor. And they, you know, have like yard furniture in the house and they use the empty olive oil cans to plant their flowers. But they're like, millionaires they're loaded because for generations right the land the good land the fertile land is past the boys and the crappy rocky land that you couldn't grow anything on was past the girls and now that crappy land is the turkish riviera the coast of the aegean <laughs> you know it is wonderful i love it um and you know i talk a lot about being vegan uh, that's my personal decision for health reasons and ethical mm-hmm. like i have my own reasons mm-hmm. but i know that you also do promote like fish and some other healthy balanced eating mm-hmm. And I'll say it's so interesting in the Mediterranean, these people who live so long and are so healthy is because they have that such a great mixture of the olives and the nuts and the fruits and the Mm -hmm. vegetables and the fish. 
and they eat little fish there. Like things that we think that's not approved here. That doesn't, you know, you don't eat little fish here. You let them grow and get bigger. But what's so beautiful nowadays about the little fish is there's no hardly any mercury in them. They're too young. They're too little to have mercury. Mm. So they eat these little tiny fish, (laughs) but they're actually doing another health benefit. You know, not, never mind the omegas and all the protein and wonderful things that you can get from fish. Yeah. But they also don't have the mercury content. I thought that was pretty cool. That's really insightful. And um, yeah, but there, there's so much wisdom in other cultures. And I absolutely love that you're um, you're so engaged there. And um, and I can't wait to see the series that you're doing. And um, so when you're when are you going to go back to Turkey? And I know that you're also affiliated with the Life Co. Is that correct? You're still yes. There? So I do some consulting with the Life Co. I do retreats there a couple times a year. Um, the Life Co. is the number one wellness well-being center in the world for detox and body cleanse. We don't know about it too much here in the U.S. Um, it's more of a European. They have Bodrum, Phuket, Thailand, a few other locations. But in that area of the world. It is all the rage. It's small boutique, but it is amazing for just kind of cleaning up your body and detoxing. Um, so I do some work with them. Yes. And of course, like I said, the travel show, which mm-hmm. is coming up. And what, what was the other thing you asked me? Um, I asked, well, the life co and then, um, you are, you are doing retreats. Is that correct to you? And yeah, I do one or two. I used to do three times a year there. And then with COVID, it's been a little different because, um, of travel restrictions, of course. Mm-hmm. So Turkey is not part of the EU and they did a great job of locking down initially and kept COVID at bay. But then when everybody else was finally calming down, they had a resurgence at one point because since they're not part of the EU, everybody from there who wanted to travel could come. They didn't have the restrictions. Mm-hmm. So it's been bouncing back and forth. Things are definitely a lot better now as they are in most of the world, but I've only been doing, I haven't done any retreats during COVID because of my clientele being English speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so as you can see, Michelle's trajectory through life and her, um, how she self-defines herself as a well-being alchemist. Um, it's, it's so true because health and wellness is not just about food. It's not just about meditation or sleep or exercise. Um, it's, it's encompassing everything. It's also mindset. And, um, and so I think that you, to me, just are such a shining light and such a good example into taking things that life puts out there and learning why it's there and how we can flip it around. And would you have any advice, maybe three things that if someone is listening today and they are either maybe dealing with cancer or they might be going in, in a very toxic relationship, or they're just having a down day. Like these are all intertwined. What are a couple of things that somebody could implement today, um, that could help them come out of that? That is a tough question. And because I feel like it's so multi-layered and Mm -hmm. the first thing I would say probably is to look at who's around you. Mm. It is so important that you surround yourself with people who have a positive outlook on life and are supportive. And very often 
there is, you know, maybe a, a really close friend, a family member, a neighbor, a colleague at work, somebody who's been in your life for 10 years, 20 years that actually is toxic and you might not realize it. It's so important when you find yourself in these difficult places to really do a purge. And it doesn't have to be monumental to the other person. You can make that boundary your boundary, mm-hmm. but it is so, so important to have healthy boundaries. And it could be that you do less with that person. It could be you cut them out of your life altogether, whatever it is. But really take a look around at your social circle and see who's complaining that their nail girl messed up, that the traffic was horrible, that, you know, whatever. Somebody's always out to get them. Somebody screwed them over. They might be the nicest person, but you don't have room for that kind of low energy when you're going through something tough. You really want people who just make you smile and build you up. And if that's hard, which it can be, especially with what we're going through now, go for walks, try something new, join a new yoga class, um, you know, do master classes online, get on Instagram. If you're, if you're on Instagram, clear your feed, anything that makes you not feel good, whether it's body images or travel or anything that doesn't make you feel good. You don't have to justify to anybody clean up your feed because that's part of what's around you and fill it with like healing energy tools with Colette's page, you know, with, um, whatever. I love healing energy tools, but, um, spiritual daughter, like there's so many really great pages where the only things they put out there are happy mm-hmm. designed to make you feel good or travel, mm-hmm. right? Go on a travel pages or cute pets or whatever it is. that makes you feel good because at the end of the day, we want to feel good that it, going back to the mind's ability to heal heal isn't just physical, it's mental as well. So whether it is cancer or a bad relationship or the death of a family member or the loss of a job, whatever your adversity is, never minimize it. Never minimize it to you that it's not as bad as somebody else's maybe or whatever. It's your issue. And Mm -hmm. so like you can honor that, you can honor it, but really you have to make your happiness a priority at any cost. It's saying no to social plans if it doesn't feel good. You know, it's whatever it is, circle your wagons and take care of yourself. So I know that's kind of a long answer there, but the first thing I do is like, look what's around you and make sure you're surrounding yourself with things that are positive, positive influences. I didn't watch the news for two and a half years and I just couldn't, the local news affected me too badly. And then it started putting me in the spiral of thinking of Mm -hmm. negative things. So I wake up in the morning and I do my little meditation, or if I don't do my meditation, I do the yes, right. I just say yes while I'm taking a shower. Um, I, I just had to do that for myself, cold turkey, because I couldn't take the bombardment of negative, sad stories. Yeah. I, you know, so that's what I had to do for myself. Now I am capable of watching news. I have boundaries. I know what I can handle, not handle. Don't do it all the time. But whatever it is for you, you all know that line in the sand right. that, that you have. Um, the other thing is that every single one of you listening to this, like every single one of you really were born for a reason. Even if you're like a mistake, your parents say like, No, you were born for a reason. You chose this life and you're beautiful and you were meant to be loved. You were meant to love. You were meant to be happy. So if you're not feeling loved, if you're not feeling happy, then it's time to start making little changes in your life. And they can be small changes or big changes. You don't have to sell everything and move to Turkey like I did. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it could just be like giving a compliment to the barista when you pick up your coffee and seeing how when you're happy and give somebody a compliment, how that makes their face light up. And like harness that beautiful happiness that you provided somebody else, whatever works for you. But it's really, really important that you know that you are so worthy and you're special 
and you're supposed to be special and different and unique. And really like love is your birthright. And if you haven't felt it, it's time to change it now. It'll come. It'll come. Just know that it will come. Start looking into it. How do you do it? Listen to my podcast. I have several shows on how to find self-love. Reach out to Colette. I know she takes private clients, but like whatever it is, a friend, Instagram, it's so important that you reach for it. Just reach mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. Thank you, Michelle. That's so yeah. insightful. Um, and the other thing I have to say is red meat and dairy and alcohol are not your friends. <laughs> so like alcohol is such a depressant. You know, it really, really is. If you're in a bad place, if you're not feeling good, it is a depressant. And it's not always just that next day. It can be five days, seven days later that you still have the effects from the dopamine gets counteracted by something called, well, we won't go into the science behind it, but there is science behind it of why you feel sad after you've been drinking, whether you realize it or not. So if you're not in a great place, just cut out the alcohol. There's so but many like, is yeah. the book, the 30 day experiment that you just did a little Yes. Annie Grace's the alcohol experiment. It is awesome. It was so much fun. It's the first time I've completed it. I've tried it a couple of times before and not followed through all the way because I've done it in January. My birthday is in January. Half my friends seem to have birthdays in January, but this time I actually did it and it was great. It was so empowering. And it's not to say that you have a problem or you're going to quit drinking forever. It's just to like, look at your relationship with alcohol in a fun way, in a really Mm -hmm. fun way. It's not about like not having it's about what you're gaining. So that would be my other tip that people don't really talk about so much is, you know, that nature, go out in nature, put your hands on a tree. And if you're wondering if putting your hands on a tree really make a difference or not, this might be a little out there for you. Go put your hands on a skinny little tree and just close your eyes or just, you don't even have to close your eyes. Just put your hands on a skinny little tree, take a few breaths, and then go put your hands on a huge, big tree and you'll feel the difference. There Mm. really is this grounding energy that will just kind of help neutralize when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling anxious. It's so important. I want to clear that out. Like whatever you've done in your life, like we don't have any room for regret, for shame, for like any of those low vibrating feelings. They don't help you. And they're from the past. Yeah. So every day is like a new day to start fresh. No matter what you've done, you could be yeah. amazing. And somebody did something to you. Or maybe if you look at yourself and realize the role you play in your life, you've done some things that have messed up that weren't so great. That's okay. Let it go. If you have to apologize, of course, apologize, but let it go. Move mm-hmm. forward. Take yeah. the next step into the way you want your life to be. So yeah. important. Yeah. Wow. So important. Um, so tell us uh, where we can find you. Michelle, I, are you still taking private clients? I, mm, maybe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't, but at the same time, I really would love to get your listeners. If you guys, if anybody listening wants to reach out to me as a private client, I will honor it for this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will honor it for this show. Just, but you must mention that you heard me on this podcast, um, and know that half the year I'm in a very different time zone and I do my sessions via zoom. So yes, mm-hmm. you can find me at michelleschonefeld.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Schoenfeld official. Or of course you lost me at namaste, drop me a DM and we can take it from there. So I love that. Thank you. Um, your time is just so precious to me and, um, you have to see Michelle. She is just this gorgeous, radiant being that just exudes, um, the smile. It makes you want to smile and her laugh is contagious. And, um, so really go check her out. I think that 
Um, her wisdom, insight, experiences are all so meaningful to everyone. And Michelle, I just want to give you, um, send you a lot of love through the camera, through the microphone, <laughs> through <laughs> the universe, and um, say thank you so much for your time. And is there anything that you would um, just like to leave us leave with us before we wrap up today? Well, let me ask you a quick question. Sure. What is your mission for this podcast? I'm so excited that you are sharing it with the world because more people need to know about you. So what is your mission? My mission is to give people a different perspective and give them hope. That's what it boils down to is giving hope. Um, Being sick for over 20 years myself and seeking answers and I couldn't find them. And I understand now that I had to go through so many things to get the wisdom, to understand Um, and, but I, I, I didn't give up searching. And when I finally found what it was that I was often being told that I would be chronically sick and just to deal with it and that you just have to live in pain and being tired and cystic acne. And, um, and I didn't have to, I found the right practitioner. So he led me on this journey and, um, through blood testing, changing my diet. And then ultimately it was mindset and meditation and, um, exercise. So it was all, all encompassing. And so my goal is to share stories of hope of people that have been through their own trials and tribulations, and they've come out the other side. Um, they were diagnosed as chronic and then they're in complete remission. Also the practitioners and medical doctors who are on this alternative path of healing and they are embracing alternative ways. And because Western medicine has a place, however, there's so much more beyond that. And I think Western medicine focuses in on just the quick fix and let's take care of this problem. And it doesn't go to the root core of the issue and really get in and dig it out so that it's not chronic. And so, okay. Yeah. So, and and I love that. I think this is such an important message that you're putting out onto the airwaves. Um, and Mm -hmm. the reason I asked you as well is because I wanted to tailor my answer to what I think your listeners need to hear. And so Mm -hmm. you just shared your story beautifully. Thank you. Um, so what I would say then the last words I would say, I did come from a really difficult place. Um, you know, uh, going through divorce stinks. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, going through cancer is horrible and losing my business at the same time, having to move out of the family home. There was a lot of things where I thought I just can't do this. And deep down, I know, I knew I could, I guess, but I just got worn out and, you know, know that your battery may feel empty sometimes, but it never really is that there is always hope and that, you always do have this drive and energy inside you, you know, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I just love what you said. Like, so I lost my train of thought on that because I, when you said it was offering hope, it's that, you know, at the end of the day, whatever you're going through, you really need to learn to make decisions for yourself and know mm-hmm. that you're worthy and that you don't have to justify 
it to anybody else. I guess mm. that's is what it would be that there's so many different things out there. And so try them and taste them and experiment with them. All these different healing modalities, you hear energy healing, you hear Reiki, you hear go vegan, go not go vegan, do this, do keto. There's so many different things out there. Do your research, but trust your gut because your gut won't lie. There's not one size fits all. If it worked for your friend, great. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. You really just got to go with your gut and how you feel because there is something out there for you for sure. For sure. Hands down. I really hope that you enjoyed that interview on the Limitless Healing Podcast with Colette Brown. If you would like to hear her other interesting interviews with healers, doctors, and journeys of profound transformation, you can check out the link in the show notes below. Also, there'll be a link to her interview on this very podcast a few seasons ago. She really is a wealth of knowledge. And you know, the more that we can all share our stories, the better the world will be because we all learn, we all become inspired, we all get little nuggets from hearing other people's journey to healing. But also just to know that we're not alone. The human connection is more important now than ever to know that we're not alone and that others have been through very similar things to us. And if nothing else, maybe you haven't been through a lot and it just inspires you to appreciate where you are in the world. So until next time, I really hope you enjoyed this show. I'm the host of You Lost Me at Namaste, Michelle Schoenfeld. Know that you're worthy. You are enough. You were born for a reason and the universe needs your gifts. It really, really does. Have a great week, everybody. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you. And until next time, namaste.